0: The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Oh, the they were all in one accord Waiting for the promise of the Spirit of the Lord 120 gathered in one place for the spirit of grace. When suddenly there came a sound, of rushing mighty wind. The Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. Wow. <laughs> this is that spoken, spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In last days I poured out my spirit, saying, Lord. Just what to think? Some begin to mock and said they've had too much to drink. Peter said these men are not drunk as yes, she supposed. Here comes the Preaching and the will began to flow. They caught up in and and what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. I ah, 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 ah you see, that? See, see that. Spoken by the coffee, Joe. Oh, oh, oh see that. Spoken by the coffee, Joe. Said it Lord. Hey, it's been two thousand years And the wind's still blowing, The rain's still falling And the well's still flowing The promise has an ended. you can't dispute the facts The fire's still burning Just like the book of Acts He fills you with the spirit You will speak with other tongues That's still the way That the Holy Ghost comes I, 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 I. This is it i spoken I'll Oh, see that. Spoken by the Puffin Puffin
2: Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. That was Timothy Spell, of course, starting our program out every night with This Is That. It is expensive to fly him up here every Sunday night to Dickinson, North Dakota. No, actually, we just have him. We don't have him here live. People texting me already tonight. Good to have you listening. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. This is a live broadcast on Sunday, October 11th, 2020. It will be a podcast later, and I've got a bunch of podcasts to upload. And I've got some people. I've got, I didn't realize this, but you can go on like, like, um, Apple and you can just put in Bob Simon's podcast and you'll, and I'll come up there. That's, I didn't know that. Somebody was just telling me they listen to these podcasts. I said, I didn't know you could do that. I thought you had to go on Holy Ghost Radio to do it. Let's see. Who's all listening? You can text me tonight, 701-290-7862. It's 806 Mountain Time. That's where I'm at. I don't know what time you're at, but you can text me, 701-290-7862. We've got Brother Griffith listening in Great Falls, Montana. We've got... Brother Rose listening in Kentucky. We've got the, um, let's see, who else do we have listening here? We've got uh, Sister Yvonne and Marin listening in Bowman and Tim in North Carolina. We've got Nathaniel listening up in Park River, North Dakota. Uh, we've got the uh, Phil and Lisa and the boys are listening down somewhere where Arizona, California. In that area, Brother Shuler, Pastor Shuler up in Grafton. And we've got the Deedses listening out in, in the, uh, in prison in Michigan. Are you guys back in prison out there in Michigan? You should have stayed in North Dakota. Um, but we just had the Deedses here preaching for a whole week. Brother Alfred Deeds, what a blessing that was. Uh, ben in Dakota listening tonight in Bismarck on HGR. I thought you said you never could text me. You always listen to the podcasts. The mayor of Leffer, North Dakota, is, is listening um, on 1460 AM. This broadcast, of course, no, you, you've got to be on 1230 AM, Mr. Mayor. You can't be on 1460. You're listening on 1230 AM. All right, and he's the mayor of Leffer. That's a giant city out here by Dickinson. Good to have him listening. So you can text me tonight, 701-290-7862. I think I've got a full program. You know, I've got something that i've been wanting to talk about for a long time and i just haven't been able to do it and i'm not going to do it tonight either i just i wanted to do it last week and then i we had such a great program uh with brother deeds on here telling us some stories about years of ministry and miracles and things that um he's he has been part of and so i didn't get to tell it last week and i've got it sitting right here in front of me it's um it's a radio show about First Peter 5, 5 through 9, but you know, I just, what I preached about in church today is kind of stuck in my head, so I'm going to talk about that. We had a great service, we had uh, visitors there, and um, you know, this uh, COVID-19 thing sure isn't seeming to hurt our our uh, attendance at all. I just had, I don't know how many, is is the attendance lady from our church listening tonight, how many people did we have at church? But it seemed like a really good attendance, and people are back that were gone for a long time, and so um, I just I'm excited about what God's doing here in Dickinson. I really am, and I hope that um, that this radio show is a blessing to you. I want to start by turning your attention to Psalm chapter 19, verses 7 through 11. This is a pretty familiar psalm. The Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, and the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward." I want to talk about zero in tonight on verse 7 that says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. That's another broadcast I want to do. I want to talk about the soul. I wonder if I'll get to that sometime. And then verse 11, it talks about that by these commandments, God's servants are warned. He can make wise the simple, and he can warn the servants title of this broadcast is Somebody Ought to Say Something. You know, in America, if you're listening from the United States of America, and we, hopefully we have people listening overseas. If you're listening overseas, you can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. But our freedom in America star- starts with knowledge. It starts with education. Our country was founded on this. You know, when there were slaves back in the United States, slave owners didn't want to teach their slaves how to read because knowledge brings freedom. And they warned other people that own slaves don't teach them how to read because it's true. Knowledge brings freedom. It brings political freedom, it brings economic freedom. Like you know, I um I, I'm a tradesperson. I know how to do some carpentry work and, and sheet metal work and I I do over the last forty two years I've installed siding, windows, roofing gutters, you know, build decks, we can frame and build and so on. That knowledge has given me a freedom to know something can make you free. And and I think what's so sad today is I think in some ways people are getting dumber and dumber and dumber. I was listening to a book by Ben Carson here just this past week, and he said that he found a sixth grade exam that you needed to pass to get out of sixth grade in the, sometime in the early 1800s. And he said he doubts that most college graduates could pass it now. We may have a lot of information at our fingertips, but I don't think we're getting any smarter. So freedom starts with knowledge, and so does salvation. Salvation starts with knowledge. 2 Timothy 3.14 says, But continue, he was writing to Timothy, Paul was, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness. So he told Timothy, even as a little kid, you knew the Holy Scriptures, and these Scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Now, just knowing the Scripture doesn't mean you'll be saved. But if you know the scripture, you'll be able to be saved. That's what James one twenty one says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. How can you do what you need to do if you don't know what you need to do? How can you be saved if you don't know how to be saved? You know, this is uh, what I'm going to talk about tonight. Somebody ought to say something. Somebody ought to tell people something. In in Acts chapter 10 and 11, we read the story of a man named Cornelius. He was a good man, a righteous man, but he was not saved. He was not right with Jesus. He didn't know anything about Jesus. And But because he was such a good man, an angel came to him, and told him that you need to go to Joppa and find a man named Peter. And he explained where to find him. And he said, this man is going to tell you words whereby you and all your house are going to be saved. Well, these weren't just any old words. These words were the words that told Cornelius what he needed to do to be right with God. Acts eleven fourteen it says it and uh, you know he uh, Peter was rehearsing the story to some others and he said who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved and as I begin to speak the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning you know this this salvation starts with knowledge and somebody ought to say something about it you know one of there I was talking to somebody my son luke just had his harvest party his annual harvest party they invite people and a lot of people show up for this not only church people and people from other churches but but uh, my my son is a politician he's a a legislator here in the state of north dakota so a lot of his political friends show up for this and it's always a good time you know there's um a chili uh cook-off there's a pie contest there's um you know just a lot of good food uh yesterday was really really windy but it was still a lot of fun i brought my dirt bike out there and was giving rides to a bunch of kids and people had four-wheelers giving rides uh they have a target range set up people shoot their pistols and uh it's just it's just a whole day of fun they ended it with a bonfire at night where everybody sits around and this uh I was reminded by somebody that was there that two years ago, at this harvest party, I was walking around with a pair of sunglasses that was missing one of the lenses. And I didn't know it, because I'm totally blind in my left eye. Can't see light, dark, anything. Well, finally, a man named Brian said something about it. He said, hey, you don't have a lens in your left eye or your sunglasses. I must have looked like a a, a goofball. But I was thankful that somebody said something. You know, it's kind of like walking around with your zipper partway open. You would like somebody to say something and not say it in front of a whole bunch of people. And what I'm saying tonight is, that somebody's got to say something. Look at Colossians one twenty seven and 28. It says, "...in whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory." Verse 28. "...whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may, we, we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus." Verse 28 says what preaching is, is warning and teaching. Preaching is about warning and teaching. That's what it's about. You see, going to heaven is more important than have your zipper pulled up. Going to heaven is more important than having both lenses in your sunglasses. And we don't want to wait and find out that we're not right until it's too late. Tonight, I mean, some of this will probably sound pretty similar to a lot of things I talk about on the air, but I'm going to tell you that the grace of God is not God saying you can do whatever you want and you'll be just fine. The grace of God is teaching us, warning us about what we're doing wrong, and teaching us about doing what's right 7012907862 can't call me but you can text me Pastor Bob, the tell a like its radio show. You can be part of this program by texting me, which many of you are, 701-290-7862. I'm going to give a shout-out to Robin and Rod and Sharon in California. Are you guys still in prison out there? Are you, are you able to go to church yet? Uh, that says they're all... Uh, driving somewhere, they told me to check my zipper. <laughs> That's what I like about radio. You know, um, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about zippers tonight, but I am talking about somebody ought to say something if your zipper's not pulled all the way up. Somebody ought to say something if your shirt's not buttoned all the way up. Somebody ought to say something if you're not right with God. Somebody ought to say something is the name of this broadcast tonight. It's the Tell It Like It Is show. And I'm telling you that it's important Preaching the grace of God is about warning and teaching. That's what it's about. Ezekiel thirty-three seven is one of the two places in Ezekiel that that talks about Ezekiel being the watchman on the wall. It says, "Thou in verse seven, thou and so thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word at my mouth." And warn them from me. God was telling Ezekiel, I want you to give these people a message for me. And then he goes on in verses 8 and 9 and basically says this. If you tell them and they continue to go down the wrong direction, it's going to be on them. But if they're going down the wrong direction and you don't tell them, it's going to be on them and it's going to be on you. Warn them from me. God's telling Ezekiel that his prophets need to say something. And let me just digress here to something that's maybe a candy stick of mine, but I'm going to still talk about it for a little bit. God's mercy always comes by giving us knowledge and direction. That's the way God's mercy comes. You say, I thought God's mercy came by the cross. It does, folks. Of course, it was the cross that brought God's mercy to us. But if you don't know about the cross, it won't do you any good. You, For the cross to work in your life, it's got to come first by you knowing about it. Let me say it again. God's mercy always, underline it, underline always, always comes by giving us knowledge and direction. Some people only see judgment in the Old Testament. Not me. I see mercy in, in the Old Testament. You say, well, how could you see mercy in that bloody Old Testament? I see mercy because God, yeah, God got plenty angry, but you're not going to find many places where God just got angry and just destroyed people. Before the destruction came, God sent a prophet. Why did God send the prophet? Why did God send Jonah to Nineveh? Why didn't he just destroy Nineveh? Why waste the step? Why go through the whole story of Jonah and the whale? Just, um, you know, drop a God-sized hydrogen bomb on Nineveh. Just blow it up. Kill everybody. And don't even, you you know, with God, you wouldn't even have to take credit for it if you didn't want to. Just do it. But instead, he sent Jonah to Nineveh. Because the grace of God always comes by warning and teaching. You're going to get sick of me saying that this show. But it always does. Warning and teaching. And I'm going to tell you this, you're not much of a preacher if that's not what you do. The problem in the United States of America isn't the Republicans and it's not the Democrats. It's not the, it's not the gays. It's not the, 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 the uh, white supremacists. It's not the uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. That's not the problem in America. The problem in America is chicken preachers. That's the problem in America. Chicken preachers won't say anything. They won't say things are wrong. They won't warn people about what God thinks and what God expects and what the Bible says. Somehow, somewhere, their record player got stuck on Jesus loves me, this I know, the Bible tells me so. Now listen, I like that song just as well as anybody. But that's not the only song in the Bible. When the Lord loves somebody, he chastens them. When the Lord loves somebody, he warns them. When the Lord loves somebody, he instructs them. You know, the, the, uh, you know, that, the, the scripture that, that I read earlier it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, Second Timothy three sixteen. And is profitable for doctrine, that means what is right doctrine, for reproof, that means what is wrong, for correction, that means how to get right, and then it says for instruction in righteousness, that means how to stay right. So God's word is given to us for what is right for what is wrong, for how to get right, and how to stay right. That's what God's word is for. All through the Old Testament, God was warning, he was sending prophets to the people when they would go astray. Because of his great love for them, he wanted them to understand, hey, if you don't turn around It's going to be bad. See, this is where grace and mercy come in. Grace and mercy and judgment, you know, when we disobey God, and we won't turn around, and we won't repent, and we won't ask for forgiveness, we won't get baptized in Jesus' name, then judgment's coming. But God graciously calls us and warns us because he loves us. You know, where where is this? Uh, I'm not sure if it was Rod, Robin, or Sharon that came up with this scripture, but the scripture says, Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. You see, this is a warning. You know, uh, I did a radio program years ago, I called it Low Tire Sensor. You know, I, I I was facetiously saying I hate my low tire sensor on my car. I want to disable my low tire sensor. I don't like it. When my low tire sensor goes off on my car, my other gauge doesn't work. I can't tell what kind of mileage I'm making. I can't tell anything because the low tire sensor just takes over the dash. So I want to get rid of my low tire sensor. I want to go to a mechanic and have them disable it, right? Because <coughs> it's irritating to me. But is it really a good idea to disable your low tire sensor? Don't you want to know if your tires are low? You know, in North Dakota, sometimes, I'm not making this up for you people in Louisiana, sometimes the air temperature gets down to 30 below here. Not the wind chill, just the straight air temperature. 30, sometimes 33, 34 below sometimes. Do you want to be driving down the interstate when it's 34 below, and all the normal people in their right mind are not driving down the interstate, and now all of a sudden your tire goes flat. Tire sensors are good things. And prophets and preachers that warn people about going down the wrong path are good things. Preaching is always about somebody saying something from God. In Jeremiah 35 15. In fact, in the book of Jeremiah, six times this is, this is uh, referenced, part of this is referenced, like Jeremiah thirty-five fifteen. The Lord said, I have sent unto you all my servants the prophets, rising up early and sending them, saying, Return ye now every man from his evil way, and amend your doings. But you have not inclined your ear, nor hearken to me. I like this here. God said, I got up early to send my prophets, like he couldn't sleep. He loved them so much that he was sending the prophets to warn them. You guys are heading for the wrong way. What kind of parent loves their children and won't warn them if they're going the wrong direction? The grace of God is about somebody saying something. That's what Paul was talking about in in Romans 10. Like in verse 17, he said, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Okay? But then it goes on in verse, if you backtrack in verse 14, he said, how shall they call on him whom, whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You see, if you have to call on the name of the Lord Jesus to start the process of salvation, how are you going to call on Him if you never heard of Him? And how are you going to hear about Him unless somebody tells you? Somebody ought to say something. Salvation starts with knowledge. This uh, past week, I was privileged to go to our sister church in Bismarck. They were having some special services with a man named Brother Jackson. Now, just recently, he became famous because he's a evangelist from Florida that felt led by the Lord to go up to Minneapolis and, and begin to pray for those people that were uh, protesting and rioting on the streets of Minneapolis. And there was a little video clip taken of him that went viral I think he said five million people have seen it so far, or three million people or something like that. Well, this video clip, he gathers a crowd of people around him, begins to pray with them, preach, and uh, talk to them about baptism in Jesus' name, talk to them about steering them to a, a United Pentecostal Church, in his case, and, um, and this took a lot of courage What was Brother Jackson's idea? What was the Lord's idea in sending Brother Jackson to Minneapolis to do this? Because salvation starts with knowledge. He said that eventually they had moved a baptismal tank right to the exact spot that George Floyd was killed, and they were baptizing people in Jesus' name. That sounds pretty exciting to me. Salvation starts with knowledge. What kind of knowledge? What What do you got to know? You've got to know the plan of salvation that the apostles believed and taught in. I mean, some. I, I was doing this in my, I do a discipleship course every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We'd love to have you come and be part of that. This morning I was talking about the authority of the New Testament. In 1 John, John said that we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And this is what he said. Everybody that agrees with what I'm telling you has the spirit of truth. And everybody that disagrees with what I'm telling you has the spirit of error. I'm not making this up. That's what John said. He was one of Jesus' apostles. Jesus gave the apostles the truth and told them to preach it to all the world, and they still are through the word, because they're the ones that wrote the New Testament. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, If anybody thinks they're a spirit, if they're spiritual, or if anybody thinks they're a prophet, they better acknowledge what I'm writing to you is the commandment of the Lord. But if they want to stay stupid, they can just stay stupid. That's what he said. In other words, if you disagree with what I'm telling you, when it comes to the things of God, you're dumb. Now, I'm not the one saying this. This is what the Apostle said. You know, it was op- my eyes were opened here a few years ago about what the Scripture meant, but the Scripture where Jesus in his great prayer in John 17, talking about, Father, let them all be one, I used to think that meant, like, we should all try to get along, try not to fight about everything and try to be one. And I, I think it can mean that, but really what it means is Jesus was— praying for his disciples. And he was and he said not only for these do I pray but for them that believe on you through their word. Now their word of course is the Bible and the people he's talking about are me and you and many others. And Jesus's prayer for us these modern day believers here's his prayer. Father let them all be one. Let the early church and the 20th century church, or 21st century church, let them believe the same things. Salvation starts with knowledge. That's why I'm so ha You know, I've said it before. I don't think I've got a real high IQ. I don't know. I'm not trying to act humble. I just don't think I do. I know I don't have a great memory. I know that. Um, my claim to fame is maybe I'm a little obnoxious. Maybe that's why people like me. I try to spit it out. I try to say what I'm trying to say. I don't don't try to beat around the bush. Maybe that's why people might listen to this. I don't know. But you know what's so neat is I don't feel like I've got to be smart. I don't feel like I have to have a great IQ because I didn't make this gospel up. All I have to do is tell you what the apostles believed. Somebody ought to say something. And tonight on this radio show, I'm saying something. The name of this show is Tell It Like It Is. To be right with God, you not only have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but you've got to repent of your sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of those sins, and be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is what the apostles preached. Read it yourself in Acts 2.38. On the very birthday of the church, they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said in verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so this, somebody ought to say something. That's why I said, I'm going to stand by it. I don't care if you don't like it or not. I'm going to stand by it. The problem in this country is chicken preachers and chicken Christians that won't warn people and teach people about what they need to do to get right with God and to stay right with God. Well, let me just play a little part of a song and read some texts and I'll get back to you. understand that song you understand the godhead jesus is god the message that's what john chapter one says in the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was god pastor bob to tell it like his radio show uh text me tonight 701-290-7862 we've got an evangelist texting gregory albritton is that how you say that albritton he was preaching uh just tonight for the new life worship center in Bozier city louisiana pastor ron heinke henke i probably butchered all that talking about somebody ought to say something not only should somebody say something hey welcome back not only should somebody say something about how to be saved but somebody ought to say something about how to stay saved you know salvation the word of god isn't about just getting right with god but it's about staying right with God. I'm glad somebody not only said something to me about how to get right with God, but somebody taught me about how to stay right with God. The greatest commandment, Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was. In the book of Mark, he said the greatest commandment, he summed up the entire Old Testament in this phrase, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said these were the greatest commandments, or the two greatest commandments. So number one, you got to put God first. That's how you stay right with God. It's easy to tell a person's priorities. It really is. And somebody ought to say something about this. It's really easy. Like, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, the Bible says. So do you go to church because it's a commandment? Do you go to church because you're afraid what people say if you don't go to church? Or do you go to church... Because it's a priority in your life. I was just trying to tell somebody this yesterday. They were told. They told me they were a Christian, but they really weren't very faithful to church. And I told them. I tried to do it gently, but somebody ought to say something. I said I don't go to church because I have to go to church. When I was young, my mom wished we would have gone to church more. I think she would have liked us to go to church more. I did. We. I did. We didn't grow up going to church real faithfully or regularly. I don't think it was her fault necessarily. But as I grew up, I didn't want to go to church. I didn't like church. When I started dating my wife, she was Catholic. I'd go to church with her, but I didn't like it. Couldn't wait till it was over. But when I was converted, I didn't go to church because I felt like I was supposed to. I went to church because I liked it. You can tell what people's priorities are. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as some is. You know, that's why these people that quit going to church during COVID and and just kind of stayed home, I'm not sure what they were doing. Maybe they were watching church online, maybe. I don't know. We never closed our church down here in, in Dickinson, and I'm thankful that we didn't get arrested for it. But as a pastor, I'm constantly trying to gauge the spiritual climate in the church. And I do get concerned when, like, like I get concerned when people can't, say, drive to a special service in Bismarck, but they can drive a hundred miles somewhere else in a different direction to do something else. Now, I'm not trying to make people feel guilty. I'm just saying, as a pastor, I get concerned. I get concerned when I hear people saying, well, I'm too tired to do something for God, but then they spend four hours a night on a computer game. Or other things that are just a waste of time. Too tired for God's things. Oh, sorry, Pastor, I was too tired to come to church on a Wednesday. Well, we don't have church at 11 at night. We have it at 7.30. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor, I couldn't get up for church Sunday morning. We don't have church at 5 in the morning. We have it at 10. Now, it sounds like I'm berating people that don't go to church. I'm not berating people that don't go to church. I'm telling you, you can tell what somebody loves by what they do. and all the excuses that people have I mean all the excuses there were people this morning now we had a good attendance this morning but there were people that weren't at church I didn't know where they were I have no idea but I'm sure they all had excuses but you see it's easy to tell where our priorities are very easy you don't have to be a genius to tell You don't have to be judgmental to tell. Like, you can tell when somebody loves to hunt. You can tell when somebody likes motorcycles. Uh, You can tell, uh, I mean, you can tell a lot about a lot of people by what they do. And you can tell when somebody's tuned in spiritually. The second thing about staying right with God is we've got to love our brothers. You know, you can tell how somebody's doing spiritually by how they treat other people. What about mercy? What about forgiveness? What about kindness towards others? You know, we've got a good church, and I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but I get really, really tired of squabbles between people. I get tired of it. I mean, I get I get people tell me, well, I'm not going to church because I'm mad at so-and-so. Really? (laughs) I mean, really? That sounds like something a third grader might say. I'm mad at them, and I'm not going. You see, what am I saying? Somebody ought to say something, folks. I don't know if preachers talk like this. Anybody does? I I think they do. But there's no room for grudges or bitterness in our lives. In the church? We can't act like foolish children. Jesus said in Matthew 6.15, If you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And if he doesn't forgive our trespasses, we're not going to heaven. Now, that's, if I've got something against somebody and I won't forgive them, that's a lot worse than having your zipper open in public. Somebody ought to say something. I'm saying it right now. You know what you need to do if you've got something against somebody? Don't even call them. Just forgive them. Don't send them a letter. Don't send them a text. Just forgive them. Start treating them right. Start being good to them. Start being kind to them. Start smiling, being nice. Sometimes apologies are just ways to get back at people. Well, I just want you to know I forgive you because you really hurt my feelings. No, that's not That's not what, That's not not what. necessary. If you have to tell somebody you forgive them, just tell them you forgive them. Say, or just tell them, hey, or just like what I do is I just try to slap them on the shoulder and smile at them. In James chapter 3, James was talking about stuff like this in verses 10 through 16. I don't have time to read it, but he said this, My brethren, these things ought not to be, not so to be. Apparently, even in the Bible times, they had people who were fighting with each other. You wouldn't believe, if I would, now like I say, I pastor a good church, and I'm not criticizing people necessarily in our church, but I've got, you know, I've got a lot of years in this now. I've been about 32 years a pastor. I've run into some weird stuff. You know, I'm not going to that church anymore because I'm mad at so-and-so. That's dumb. That's childish. You know what? An an apology can make a huge difference in somebody's life. An apology can make things right. James said it. He said, brothers, these things ought not to be. Somebody ought to say something. 1 Peter 4 and 8 says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of... Of sins now let me just tell you what I think that means when you love people fervently or with you know it's hot it's 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 exuberant um you 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 love people it says that kind of love will cover a multitude of sins what that means I think and brother deeds is listening you can tell me if I'm right I think that means that when you love people, you're going to overlook their sins. You're going to overlook their things that drive you crazy. You're going to overlook some of the little irritating things they do. Charity shall cover the multitude of sins. That's why, you know, you've got parents. They're not perfect, but your parents loved you, and you love them, and you don't really think about their little faults and failures, do you? And then verse 9 of 1 Peter 4 says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. I mean, just be good to everybody. Somebody ought to say something. We've got a really friendly church. But over the years, I've met people, I know people that quit going to church because somebody offended them. Somebody hurt their feelings. And I I think both sides are wrong on that. Sometimes it's supposed that they got their feelings hurt. Sometimes they really did get them hurt. Sometimes people are insensitive. We need to stop doing that. First John four twenty says if a, if a man, this, this these verses sum up First John, First John four twenty. If a man say I love God and he hates his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that we that he who loveth God love his brother also. You see, what I'm, what I'm saying is that we, we have a, you know, preachers need to say something. You know this um you know i i I could see I'm not going to really finish this i i I preached this in our church it didn't really finish it either, but we need to know with knowledge comes salvation when it comes to God, or with knowledge comes the opportunity for salvation. you know what was that scripture that i read where did I read that in um where was that Oh, James one twenty-one. receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. The reason it's able to is because you can't just hear the word, you've got to do it too. So, salvation starts with knowledge, turns into action because of the knowledge, and then staying right with God also continues with, instru- with instruction. And whether it's Putting God first in our life, whether it's loving our brothers, sisters, being good to people and having mercy and forgiveness towards people. Stop your gossiping. Stop your gossiping. Well, I'm not really gossiping, Pastor. I just thought you should know. No, it's gossiping. Just about always. A lot of those things I wished I didn't know. Boy, it sounds like I'm grouchy tonight. Am I grouchy? Anybody listening think I'm gr- grouchy? You know You know what I don't like is right before church, somebody, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm already to preach. I got my mind zeroed in. Any of you pastors know what I'm talking about? Somebody will walk up to me and say, you know, I just want you to know, uh, brother so-and-so did this or sister so-and-so did that. I'm, I want to look at him and say, I wish you would have told me that after church. But somebody, and I want to be that somebody. If you live in Dickinson, I'd love to be your pastor. But you know what? If I'm your pastor, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach to you about you need to quit your drinking. If you're shacking up with somebody and not married to him, you need to get married or split up. You know, if you're living a homosexual lifestyle, it's a sin. You need to ask God for help. Ask Him for forgiveness, power to change. You see, Pastor, you really saying that? Yeah, I'm saying it. Somebody's got to say something. I mean, we're living in a world right now where churches are afraid, preachers are afraid to say stuff. Chicken. Chicken preachers. Jeremiah wasn't a chicken. Ezekiel wasn't a chicken. I'm going to tell you, I feel the pressure. I really feel the pressure some days to be a chicken. (laughs) I really do. You know what? I don't want to make enemies. I'd like everybody to like me. I'm not in this life to, to see how many people I can get to not like me before I die. I want people to like me. But Paul said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? You see, this this um, this idea that if I tell people the truth, they might get mad. Somebody's got to say something. Because if people are lost, you know, my pastor, uh, who's passed away now, but I remember him telling a story, I think I heard him tell it several times, about somebody that he felt like the Lord wanted him to witness to, but he didn't witness to. And then he found out the man died. And he said, and it always bothered him, when he heard this song, which used to be kind of a kind of a popular uh, gospel song, it was by a name by a guy named James Rowe, and it, part of the song went this way: "You never mentioned him to me. You helped me not the light to see. You met me day by day and knew I was astray, yet you never mentioned him to me." You know, I don't know if I want that kind of blood on my hands. You know, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, He wants to give it to you. My job is not to make people that haven't obeyed the plan of salvation to feel comfortable. My job is to encourage people to seek God and find the plan of salvation. You know, too many people want to be comforted in the Lord, but really... The Bible says we need to walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. If you walk in the fear of the Lord and receive the Holy Ghost, you'll have comfort. But I don't want to comfort you. You know, that's one thing about Dickinson. You know know what? I'm going to tell all you people listening from other places, move to Dickinson. Because everybody that dies in Dickinson goes to heaven. At least that's how the funerals make it sound. But is it really true? Now, at a funeral, if I don't think somebody's going to heaven, I don't just preach about that they're going to hell either. You know, I've got enough sense to know that. But I'm not going to necessarily put them into heaven either. I mean, you showed absolutely no signs of any spiritual desire and now you die, and that's the first time you know, I saw a cartoon one time, a guy was laying in a casket, and the caption said somebody was talking, they said, Harry finally straightened out and went to church. Well, it takes more than that. Somebody's got to say something. Somebody's got to say something about separation and holiness. Come out from among them. Second Corinthians six, seventeen. Come out from among them, be ye separate. The Lord said, I'll receive you if you do that. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters. Separation to God, whether it's by our dress, by our talk, by our what we consider entertainment, even the way we wear our hair. Separation to God. Somebody's got to say something. Because if they don't, people won't know. Or, or the Lord will tell them. How shall they hear without a preacher, Roman says? How are they going to hear it without a preacher? Well, I got my guitar in the studio. I got songs lined up in the studio, and I don't have any time. Oh, text me tonight, 701 290 7862. We've got uh, Jeremy and Becky listening to Bismarck. Let's see, who else? Greg, Brother Greg's listening to somewhere in. Where are you at? New Mexico now? The guy really gets around. We've got um, um, Brother Rose again texting me in Ezekiel. And uh, he's listening or not listening to me in Ezekiel. He's, he's uh, giving me a scripture that I can't even get to tonight in Ezekiel, I don't think. If you want to come and visit us, Tuesday night in Beach at the Beach Community Center. Beach is 60 miles west of Dickinson. It's a daughter work of ours. Beach Community Center seven thirty every Tuesday night. Wednesday night, our next service in Dickinson, five oh one Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. And that church service starts at seven thirty. We some of us gather for prayer at seven o'clock before church. And then Thursday night in Bowman, right on Main Street, the uh, Cornerstone Apostolic Church. That's um Thursday night seven thirty, Sunday mornings ten thirty. In Beulah we have Truth Community Church and that's Wednesday nights at 7.30, Sunday mornings I believe at 10.30 also if I think I'm right on that. And so um, we'd love to have you come and visit us. This, You know James said step one is to hear the word step two is to do something about what you've heard. That's how to be saved. That's how to stay saved. Somebody has got to say something and hopefully tonight I'm the one that was saying something. Lord Jesus, as I close this program, Lord, I ask you to help somebody to respond to the gospel message tonight. Lord, I believe that there are words that people can hear that they can be saved. And I pray that tonight that hungry people are listening. Lord, people that just want to know the truth. They don't, they don't care about being offended. They don't care if they've been wrong, but they just want to know the truth. And I just pray for these people tonight that you, God, would send them to us, help us to find them. And if they don't live here, help them to find an apostolic church. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thanks for listening. Tell it like it is radio show. Maybe next week I'll get to my 1 Peter chapter 5 radio show that I've been so anxious to teach. Um, we'll see what happens next week. God bless. Thank you for listening. I am honored that you would listen. Good night.
3: As for change is a man, and the answers are a dime dozen. Points of view are like sand. That I can see there's a thousand different for of feet. But there's just one love, and there's just one name with the power to yield and the grace to say, You can search the Simple truth Cause there's just one boat And there's just one name With the power to give And the grace to say You can search the